You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. You know something? I really like green tea. This is good. Normally, normally I just drink... God damn it, Scott. What? No, no, we're not... No, I'm not talking during... No, you idiots talk during the girl. (laughs) Like, you guys, like, sit there and yelp and stuff before it comes on and do all kinds. I do a proper bleed into the show. You see how nice that? That was pro right there. That was clean. How um, dare you make me bleed my own blood? <laughs> but I'm digging, I'm digging the Arizona Zero Green Tea. Ginseng Tea. I normally have my water that I drink here. I forgot it, of course. And Chris was nice enough to provide refreshments yes, for the evening. He was. I'm drinking some and Henry's Hard Soda. Tea. But you know, we, tasty. you know what we really should be drinking right now? Oh, yeah, I know what we should be drinking right mead? now. Some fine mead from Sellerman's. Yes. Um, we should. Saw them. Uh, Chris and I saw those fine people this past Saturday because my illustrious band, um, Thousand Yard Stare, played there. We had a great time. And those are some of the nicest people. Shameless uh, plug. Total shameless plug for <laughs> them and my band. But those guys were super cool to us all night. They treated us really good. Uh, and what a wonderful place to, for bands to play at. The stage is I mean, massive. The sound's good. It's cool because like the room seems like it's like some old school like VFW hall or something like that. But they've got those awesome long tables set up. The sound was great. And yeah, the mead and the beer was oh, phenomenal. And that's what they say. They said that. I was talking to... I you know I forgot his name. I'm an idiot, but uh, we were chatting. He's like, you know, we kind of yeah, we kind of like this like the VFW hall type feel, like big open room type thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. He, and he said exactly that. Uh, but yeah, really cool place. We're gonna push the hell out of this because you know, look, I Chris and I, uh, you know, and Trevor, we're all like really into good businesses and community and things like that and culture and, at the and, same time yeah total culture yeah, absolutely. and Sellerman's really encom- encompasses all that well the uh, fact that it's a place that makes their own mead you know yeah, yeah. i mean that's just it, it, the artisanship there it's pretty is cool like when you go cool. use the restroom you can go in the back and basically you see where they make everything yeah oh, that's I mean, awesome the band's yeah. load we loaded i mean yeah I have yet to go. I need you guys need to drag my my fat ass over there. <laughs> we need They're to take cool you there. They're super cool with that. All the drum sets, all the bands, like for all the bands that played that night, all of our the, our drummers' drum sets were right back there. They mm-hmm. let us put put us back there, like next to the the tanks and the and the barrels. Oh, and that's stuff. cool. They're very open about that. It isn't some closed off thing like you can't know anything about these guys. They're very cool about that. And yeah, when you walk to use the bathrooms. And they have a sign that says, hey, okay, no, no further than here, please. Because yeah. there is equipment. It's dangerous. Well, and, and, like they, and, yeah. and like they well, mentioned when they were yeah. here, yeah. you know, the whole thing is cleanliness, keeping that area clean. Yeah, listening so, to them talk about yeah. that was hysterical. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. make sure you check them out. If you're local, Detroit area, check out Sellerman's and Hazel Do Park. it, man. Totally. Yep. Yeah, go there and hang out. It's a lot of fun. Also check out one of our other sponsors, the Flint Institute of Arts. They've always got some always. really yeah. rad stuff going on. And of course, projectorscreen.com. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Amen. Yeah. So what's happening this week, Chris? Well, it's episode ninety-one, a real crime. Man, we are nearly there. We, are we gonna have like some? Do when we do episode one hundred? It's got to be. We got to do something do a really bash. cool. Some yeah. fucking Roman sex orgy on the yeah. on, like on the show. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna be doing Caligula and that's what I was gonna um, say. And break out a little Federico Fellini. Yeah. Or invite Malcolm McDowell. 
It'll there be awesome. Go. Oh, there we go. We'll get Malcolm to come do the show. Yeah, dude. He, <laughs> I mean, we hang out with him all the time. I'm sure Andrew Malcolm. would have a thousand questions for Malcolm McDowell. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, in news this week, yep. uh, kind of a good mix of news. Um, Interesting Fantas- stuff going on. Yeah, Fantasy Island is being rebooted again by Blumhouse. Yeah. So yeah. this might actually be a horror version of Fantasy Island, which Fantasy Island did have some horror elements they did. and they did. sci-fi, they... fantasy, yep. all that. But yeah, Blumhouse is rebooting Fantasy Island. It would uh, be really easy to transition that into like a Twilight Zone or Tales from the Dark Side kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, in other news, Nicholas Winding Refn launched his Buy NWR streaming service this week. Yeah, I saw that. He's got four only four movies available on there now, but it's completely free. And yep. I imagine his catalog will be on there at some point also. Wow. You'd hope. Yeah. You'd hope, would hope since it's his catalog. But so he's got a good mix of genre stuff on there too. Some he exploitation, does. some horror, some drama, some fantasy stuff. And it looks so, like his plans are pretty substantial for what he's wanting to do. I mean, yeah. He's, he's doing some serious art house stuff there. And the front page is total NWR. The coloration and everything on there, all bright fluorescence and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. Other news uh, Mark Marone is joining the Joker Might movie. Be. Might be. Might they're, be. They're talking to him. Yeah. yeah but we saw what yeah. happened with uh, De Niro. De Niro was like, might be. And then two weeks later, he was signed. I think he's going to be. I think they're be... throwing money at these guys. They I have think, to be. I think they're going, hey, we're kind of basing this off, you know, uh, the old Scorsese films. We're heavily influenced by that. Mm-hmm. To do something like that, you need an awesome cast like De Niro yeah. and him and Joaquin Phoenix. If so, they do this movie right, it could be phenomenal. But at the same time, I have so many doubts about this one. It could be too much, too. Yeah. Other news. Arnold Schwarzenegger reported on site for Terminator 6 this week. Hell yes. Yeah. I'm on the fence about this. Lyndall Hamilton's back. Everybody's back for it. It's it's actually... They're retconning. James Cameron's... Three through five. Do not exist. Yeah. With this. This is a yeah. direct sequel. <laughs> no, I'm interested. This yeah, is a, a direct, direct sequel, sequel to, to Terminator 2. This is how James Cameron wanted to finish the trilogy. So they're actually going to hopefully make a quality Terminator film this time. <laughs> well, he's t- executive producing. Keep talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With him executive producing. It's not I mean, dirty yet. Um, you're, you're doing and some And Todd Phillips here. has done some good stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? He's a great, he's a really solid director. And yeah. I'm sure, I hope he's willing to listen to James. For 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 the production, yeah, I think I think it could work out. Yeah, it could. Arnold's a little bit old for the role, but they might spin that into it somehow again. You yeah. know, uh, well, wouldn't be hard. Yeah, they can de-age. Look at Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, they too. They did such a good job. With yeah, that. that was yeah. creepy. So, okay. last bit of news <laughs> is that uh, Fox is developing a. 24 prequel that's going to be the early days of Jack Bauer. <laughs> Come on. I'm they are. They are they doing are. this. And it's stupid. Just give up on 24. Just give up on 24. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gave up on 24 at episode 2, so you know. We followed that show religiously every week. We had viewing parties every Monday night for years, so we were totally into it. Yeah. The My issue with it, it was it was that it felt like it was uh, fear mongering from episode one. I'm just like, what? the Yeah, hell? Well, they did get away from that, that though. 
Quite a bit. They went into some more domestic terror type stuff for a while. So it's still so, terrorists. Yeah, it's still terrorists. Yeah. Ooh, scary. Ooh, the terror. No, the I'm so I'm so scared. I'm so terrorized. All right. <laughs> so also want to mention our other sponsor is Reckless. R e k l i s t dot com. Oh yeah, check them out. It's another mm-hmm. new streaming site. Not like Netflix at all. We've kind of talked about that yeah. already. Yeah. Um, it's like also the Facebook a social of movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's really really cool. I actually checked it out last week. So make sure you check them out. Yeah. I also. need to. I need to to actually spend a little time there. Yeah. And last bit I'm going to mention is our Patreon. Patreon dot com forward slash the movie sleuth. Help us out. We don't have enough drugs. Yes. We need more drugs for this show. Yeah. My lubes are running low, <laughs> and these guys want me to be, you know, interesting. Yes. And so, so they, give they him need money. to drug me. Give him money. Hook yeah. us up. Yeah. All right. New releases this week. Keep we've us got, high. We've got Christopher <laughs> Robin, The oh. Darkest Minds, mm-hmm. The Spy Who Dumped Me, and Eighth Grade. Is it bad that there's, like, Two movies there I'm genuinely excited for. No, I think that's okay. I think Christopher Robin looks fantastic. Dana is seeing it tonight. I know she is. So, and I know we're going to get the review that befits it. That we deserve. Yeah. And uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me looks hysterical. It does. I love Kate McKinnon. Me too. Like, if I was a woman... I would be chasing her everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. As it is, I'm totally not her type. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Suggested viewings. I know what mine is. Go ahead. Mission Impossible Fallout. You dick. (laughs) That was mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can share it. It, It's it's the best of the series. Easily. Easily. Hands down. There was not... A single frame wasted. It was perfectly done. I was just in shock. Yeah. Over it. I was expecting to be let down. I'm like 56 year old Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a Scientologist. He can do anything. Apparently. Apparently. Because yeah. he did a skydiving shot in that movie. Really? That is absolutely. <laughs> Intense, really, and the whole thing was done in one take, and they could only do it during magic hour. So ah. th- they jump out of this plane, cameraman falling in front of him, and it's him doing the skydiving. It, it, and it's amazing. The stunts he does in this movie are absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The dude doesn't look a day over 45, 46 at most. At most. And what I like the most about Fallout was that it interconnected so many story points from oh, the yeah. last five movies. Oh, yeah. But they didn't F it up. It was they really interconnected everything, his yeah. marriage, his divorce, and his new love interest, and, of course, the villain carrying yeah. over, too, partially. Partially. So, yeah. It's Oof. And yeah. Alec Baldwin, as <laughs> Dude, always. so good. He was so... Yes. He made the movie. Him and Simon Pegg, yes. like, without them in it, it would not have been as good as it was. And Henry Cavill, oh, spectacular. Oh, my God. I could. I was not ready for him to be that good in it. And, like, yeah. and then now I'm, I, I can't help but, <laughs> but reflect back on people talking about him possibly being the new Bond. Yeah, and he I'm can like, do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. What about you, Trevor? Oh, you're a dick. 
Um, <laughs> um, uh, we can say that was a shared one. Yeah, Seriously. we're going to have to go shared because I am drawing an absolute blank. I, uh... I more or less spent my my viewing this weekend preparing for tonight's topic. However, and I know this is kind of a rehash, but I did get my brand spanking beautiful new copy of Phantom Thread, uh, which I sat oh. down and watched again this weekend. Yes. Which, what a fucking phenomenal movie, man! Uh, what a great flick. I I just we we I think we already talked about, it, so I don't want to rehash it. But it was fun did, to watch. Did you man. ever order your copy of Prince of Darkness? I have it on my list of things to get done this week. Okay. I actually went there and looked at it. They have it. I'm gonna order it. I'm picking that up. I'm gonna definitely get that Blu-ray. Right edition. on, man. That's, I'm gonna get the steel. They actually have a steel book. Yeah, they do, and it's get, gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so I'm gonna probably end up getting that. Uh, but uh, that's definitely something I'm gonna be purchasing this week for sure. Yeah, we we talked about that, and I was looking at it over the weekend. I'm like, okay, I just uh, scatterbrain the usual thing. I spent I spent some time the last couple of days. For some reason, I got obsessed with Chernobyl, and I spent some time <laughs> watching uh, documentaries on Chernobyl. Did Which you are ever fascinating. see the ghost hunters when they went to Chernobyl? No, no. Oh, it was a trip. It well, was I'm really sure it was. funny. It was um, really funny. You know, I, I, I just for some reason <laughs> fell into that rabbit hole and started watching all these documentaries on Chernobyl and learning about, you know, how the whole yeah. thing went down and interesting stuff to watch. It is. Um, but I did spend, as I said, the the bulk of my, the, the little time I had this weekend preparing for tonight. Which I re- are we ready for that? Actually, you know what? I I'm, I have my yeah. recommendation. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna do a callback. Fuck man, to I had a Michelle. great segue going too, man. You did, you did. I'm doing gonna do a callback to Michelle, and this one's for Josie and Mike and and, and all of and all the, <laughs> the movie sleuth people. Miami Connection. Yeah, yeah. She absolutely right. Everybody that recommended it, thank you. That was wrong in every right way possible. It was oh, so now, now I gotta good. Watch it. It, it, oh, dude, it is horribly cheesy. Horribly. Really? But the music is so goddamn catchy. Yeah. Like, literally, I didn't stop singing it for three days, and my wife started screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Go well, back to your segue, though. I'm yeah, interested. Yeah. So, in what as it was. I was saying, <laughs> before um, he was so rudely no, interrupted, I spent the weekend. What time I had? Um, which was great because oh my god Sunday, because we played we played Saturday night Sunday. I got up early, got all my errands done, and I started cooking about noon. And we had a, we had one bottle of wine in the fridge. <laughs> was it an ice Chianti? No, but no. it been good. You know, I've seen that at Trader Joe's too. Every <laughs> I, I die. They have Chianti at Trader Joe's, and I was like, every time I walk by, I'm like. <laughs> I just can't help myself. But um, no, I started drinking wine in the afternoon and I went all day. So you got a picture of this. Amber comes home, you know, and it's before I sat down to start watching movies. But I guess she's like, the vision, she's like, this is ridiculous. Because I was sitting in my office in the dark and there's an empty bottle of wine sitting there. And I got Lizzie Borden on 11 blaring as I'm, and I was just doing paper, like office stuff. Yeah. Just doing paying bills and whatnot. But I was drunk. (laughs) It It was awesome. So. Yeah, so we were preparing. I, w- I was preparing over the weekend, though, for our topic for tonight, which I did watch that night, which was, well, let's just, I'm calling this, um, you know, Hannibal Lecter worship, basically. That's, okay. That's what I want to call the show. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter worship. Um, so that probably will give you guys, you, you, the listener, an idea of what we wanted to cover tonight, and that is 
I guess the Hannibal Lecter films, yeah, the, the franchise. It's kind of a very loose the franchise because we're not really talking about the the TV show at all. No, 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 no. no. These no. are just the movies. All right. So I, let's just dive in. I mean, I think it's obvious where we want to start at here. Yes, the yeah. movie, the the film Manhunter. Oh, absolutely. My strangely, my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, really, absolutely. I anything Michael Mann does. Intrigues the hell out of me. Up until Black Hat. <laughs> well, Black Hat was pretty terrible. Yeah. But up, yeah, up until Black Hat. Well, you know, I came at this. Um, I'm a huge Red Dragon fan, which I know we're going to mm-hmm. get to that too. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you know, I tried to. And I've watched Manhunter a handful of times, well, a bunch of times actually. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 still hard not to compare the two. It right. is. It is, and, and it's not because they're both phenomenal in their right. own with their own merits, right? Um, let's just start how the movie. You know, let's just get into how the movie starts, which I think is really compelling because it starts out with some really beautiful, stunning scenes. I think you know, in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, at the Graham household. Mm-hmm. Um, one William thing Peterson. I, yeah, the yeah the Graham the the Graham's home. If you notice, this is one thing I picked out is even throughout the whole film, when they keep coming back to the home, mm-hmm. it's always blue. Yeah. It's just beautiful blue. Yep. yep. Um, you know, which obviously I think signifies the ocean. Uh, I safety. Think, yeah, safety. You know, mm-hmm. blue's a comfortable, it's a soft mm-hmm. color, right? Um, except for the fish tank. Mm-hmm. They went by the fish tank and the fish tank was full color. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, the color of brilliant, ridiculous yeah, color. Yeah, really, really stands mm-hmm. out as a as a camera kind of just come by the fish yep. tank, right? It's the only time in the Graham household in Manhunter you see where you don't just have this overabundance of blue like we have in this freaking studio too, for God's mm. sake. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not blue, but it's something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have blue. Uh, so the movie opens up like that, right? Um and you know, you guys just jump in wherever here because I'm just yeah, no, that's, I, I'm following you. The way I did this, and mind you, I wrote the notes for Manhunter when I was I was half in the bag too. Oh, right so. on, right on. <laughs> Drunk notes are the best. It was great because I had to like go back the next day and air them, and it was it was, <laughs> it was just a, it was a complete mess. <laughs> um, you know, one of them I think as the movie goes on, you know, Will Graham agrees to take this job. We know how the story goes, mm-hmm. right? Um. He goes into, I think it's the Leeds household. That's the first family they got, yeah, the got Leeds. killed. Looking uh, at the Leeds. That first scene where he walks into the bedroom, the way they worked the blood, it just, it was just shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Till, still to this day, every time I watch Manhunter, that first shot where he walks in the bedroom and that fucking blood everywhere, man. Well, what's it's interesting like, is the dichotomy between the rest of the world of the movie and the crime scenes. Yes. The crime scenes are chaotic. And uncomfortable, and covered in blood. Well, it's like hyper realism. It's yeah. It, it's setting you up for and the rest of the movie heavenly soft scenery focus. to yeah. shock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all and but it's like the rest of the movie is in soft focus. Yeah. And then every time there's a crime scene, sharp. It's yeah. jarring. Very hard and sharp. Yeah. And, yeah. And and for me, what what stood out for every time I watched the movie is. How much more natural will uh, William Peterson mm-hmm. feels in the role of Will Graham as opposed to Edward Norton? Edward Norton always had kind of the smarmy thing about him that I didn't like in it. Okay. Where he didn't feel like an FBI investigator. He felt like a video store clerk that thinks he knows more than you. William Peterson, I think, was more immersed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because there's those are some of the core you know some of the the parallels with red dragon and manhunter is mm. those shots where he's sitting there where william peterson who's playing will graham mm -hmm. is sitting there reenacting in his mind going you son of a bitch you looked at him the whole time you knew exactly you know like in the Would tree show you and that he start, aspect william peterson's performance was way more dramatic i mean yeah. it was way more over the not over the top but he was you know yelling you son of a bitch, you watched him the whole time. You knew exactly what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah. All that. He was doing that through the whole film. Yeah, when he first finds the Red Dragon. Yeah, where Ed Norton was more... You son of a you bitch. You son of a bitch. You saw... You know, he yeah. was very more like pointing Edward the finger. Norton. Like, I got you. I know what you're he doing. He was more Edward Norton. Well, yeah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> William wrong. Peterson was way more, you know... It, I, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say he's more into the role, but he was it way felt more like dramatic. he was to me. Okay. It feels like he, like he loved the role. And Edward Norton was just hired. Well, I think here lies the problem with Red Dragon. Like, Red Dragon felt like it was, like, tagged on to the end to just... Because Hannibal's so um, every, popular and, you know, he's iconic. Do. And we need something else to do mm -hmm. after Hannibal. So, you know what? Let's redo the Red Dragon Manhunter story. Yeah, I think when Manhunter came out... It was just a movie. It yeah. wasn't a Hannibal Lecter movie. It wasn't a franchise. No, it was, this it was an it '80s crime. It was a story movie. It was just a story. And I think it that's was the, Tom Harris adaptation. Yeah. and it didn't even do very well. No, it didn't. Like critically, it was pretty much dismissed. Yeah, and it's amazing because there are some great performances in that movie. Well, I think part of the problem why it didn't do so well, and I. And I still think people get Manhunter and To Live and Let Die in L.A. confused. Yeah. They were that, marketed that, very similar. Same The promotional star. materials looked very similar. And, yeah. and I think there was confusion with I'm, that. I'm sure there was. I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah. What I found interesting with Manhunter, and I... And I this is the cool... When I, when I was watching him, because I personally love Red Dragon. Oh, you know, I thought it was I, a great movie. And I hold on... And I try to... You know, and I and I try to hold them just separate hands, yeah. um, and look at them as two <clears throat> separate movies, even though they do share the same story. Mm -hmm. um, there's some really interesting correlation or interesting things I saw. Um, the conversations with Will Graham and uh, Hannibal Lecter, yeah, for example, Brian Cox. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, the pacing of those conversations in Manhunter are very quick. They're very frantic. They're fast. They're brisk. Yeah. They they come right by you. Looking right? for details and that's all. Yeah. Just they, mm -hmm. they they're fast. There's no there's no music bit under them. Where in Red Dragon, there's this massive music bit under mm -hmm. everything that really builds the intensity. That, that Demi. Yeah, they, yeah, right. Jonathan Demi like yeah, music yeah. drives the movie. So, um that's the thing I noticed with those and even the even the even the, the pacing with um uh with Dollarhide um, you know, and Freddie Lounge, like the scene with Dollar Hyde and Freddie Lounge. Yeah, that, that, okay, that could have been better. You, in Manhunter, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that that because yeah, the the scene in Red Dragon, that's fucked. Oh yeah, that is completely they, nuts. Yeah, dude. It, it really felt like the Freddie Lounge story arc in Manhunter. It was not nearly as pronounced as was, it is in was, Red Dragon. Was almost an afterthought. Was yeah. he the reporter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, he was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. In Red Dragon. Oh. Um, in, in Manhunter, yeah, he was just this irritating reporter. However, you know, you have the two scenes, like you have the scene from Manhunter, uh, where 
Freddie Lowndes goes after Will Graham, and, and the, you know the story behind that is that when when he was in the hospital, yeah, you know, he stuck yeah. in there and took a bunch of pictures of him all in the hospital, all messed mm-hmm. up. So Will Graham hates Freddie Lowndes. He hates his guts. Well, so yeah, here he, comes. he showed him with his guts out, yeah, like, almost literally. Yeah, so he start he he comes and starts going, starts harassing him, and in Manhunter, he takes and throws his ass over his shoulder and takes the window out of a car with him. Yeah, guy. oh yeah. I mean, it's fucking nuts. Oh yeah. Where in 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 Red Dragon, it he just grabs subtle. him and he just puts him up against the wall and says, you know, you're a piece of shit and a tattler's an ass wipe, you know, and all that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, not nearly as it's more subtle. Either of the whole subtle. movie, yeah. All of Red Dragon was a little more subtle, except for when it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know. Now, again, I mean, what do you think of Tom Noonan as uh, Dollarhide? And okay, so again, the pacing with him is the same thing. Like I was, that's what I was saying. Like in that scene, which is my probably my favorite scene in both those films, is mm-hmm. is that 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 showdown with Freddie Lowndes. And mm-hmm. Francis Dollarhide, right? Where you really see him become the Red Dragon for exactly. the first time. Yeah. Obviously, as I've said, <clears throat> the pacing is a lot more brisk. It's faster. You mm-hmm. know, you owe me all. Like in Red Dragon, man, he comes down there and it just builds up. You owe me all, yeah. right? He is the Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was convinced in Red Dragon. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't convinced in Manhunter. And again, I'm not saying one film is better than the mm-hmm. other. I want that very clear right now. They're both fantastic movies mm-hmm. um they're just different very um and you know dare i say maybe 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 manhunter is a bit more realistic because it's it very is. fantastical it's very uncomfortable yeah it's very fantastical and red well Dragon. and again i think manhunter is like very symptomatic of 80s i was gonna say this police film was a t- movies yeah. you know where the cop is kind of on the outs and he's kind of down and dirty and you know what I'm saying. It kind of yeah. follows a lot the of those cop movies, standard yeah. tropes that we got from the 80s, 80s movies, you know. Yeah. I noted that down here too. I did say that. I'm like, this, this movie, I don't really think it's dated, but it was a product of its time. Oh, yeah. It, it, that's what's interesting is that it feels like the 80s. Yeah. But it feels like it could have been made now well, yeah. about the 80s. Yeah, yeah. You know? Where like you're, you know what they're saying, you, right? You right. know the setting, yeah, yeah. And but it was, I, I, there's just an artistry to that movie that I thought was astounding. And I'm a massive Tom Noonan fan, mm-hmm. and so him as Dollar Hyde is still how I picture Dollar Hyde. Well, his yeah. version of Dollar Hyde is, he's a freak. He's more freaky. Dollar Hyde and man, and I'm is not a freak. sure. Like he's not as physically menacing as Ray Fiennes is in Red Dragon, mm-hmm. but you, you're you more fearful of the mentality the rage. behind the character and the rage yeah. and how he's well, presented how he on screen. And, and like we've always said about horror movies, you know, what lies behind the mask is scarier than what you actually show us. Mm-hmm. And I think that version of Dollar Hyde is a little more scary because you don't know too much about him. Well, and that yeah, version of they, Dollar, they, the version of Dollar Hyde in Manhunter. Let's just talk about the house. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to really, I'm, but I am comparing a bit. You, you got to. We I mean, have. I'm sorry, we, you, you kind of have to compare. Yeah. we have two. Yeah, two points of reference. We have the There's house in Manhunter, with. which is like this swanky house on the water with massive pictures of of space all over the place i didn't that kind of i don't quite get what the meaning of all that was but it was a very swanky kind of bachelor that he didn't pad. feel like he was human okay he's looking at earth from the outside okay 
Yeah, right? But it's a, it was very swanky. It was a very bachelor pad-ass mm. type place, right? Yeah. Um, if you didn't see who lived there and you walked in there, you'd be like, man, there must be just like this parties. There must be a NASA engineer that parties like a or yeah, yeah, fiend. Yeah, or just a party, <laughs> just a place you party. This is a place on the water. It's, you yeah. know, some, some swanky dude lives here, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you see. Which was totally against the book. So that's, really? that's okay. a little annoying. Yeah. So Dollar Hide, though, yeah. In Manhunter, um, yeah, he's he is a freak. Oh yeah, he's an outsider. Yeah, um, he's shunned and should be shunned. Yeah, um, physically menacing, a massive, mm-hmm. huge guy. We see that in all of its glory at the end, where just all hell breaks loose. He just kicks through. A, there was a door in the wall or something there. That big yeah. poster of the thing. He just kicks through it with a shotgun. Now he's like freaking Rambo running around oh, yeah. shooting cops and shit. Well, I mean, what's dude, going on, man? Tom Noonan. I mean, most people from our generation know him as Frankenstein from uh, Monster Squad. Yep. Yeah. You know. So I mean, the dude is a big dude. He's just not buff. You know, yeah, just a big guy. I want to step guy. back to one thing. I I don't mean to derail us, but we were the we were talking about the opening scene in the Leeds house. Yeah, um, I don't know if everybody picked up on this, but Will Graham's walking around there doing his, you know, talking in the mic, you know, mm-hmm. the, the recorder and taking notes and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the phone rings, and oh. then you hear the answering machine. Yes, and then the whoever called hung up, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I noted down. I'm like, who the fuck called? Yeah. Mean, who the hell yeah. called? Was it Dollar Hyde? You know he had their phone number too. He had to have had their phone number. Well, yeah, he had the tape. He had the tape. Yeah. Right. So I'm wondering, you know, if 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 it was just something that was thrown in there that man threw in there, just probably to like, knowing him. Yeah, just to like he likes the subtle little man's yeah. very mind. textured in all of yeah. his movies. Yeah. There's little details like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like I picked that up, and I was like, was one of those where yeah. he just filled it with that. I'm, like, I'm wondering if that, you know, that's the Red Dragon calling. Probably, you know, I thought that was that was just a, one of them little things you, that was thrown in there. I thought was really cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. But you say it now, I'm like, Fuck, yeah, the right. little phone call, and yeah. he, heard, you know, he notices it. Yeah. Graham turns his head like, who the hell's calling? And looks at the answering machine. Yeah, who's yeah. who's calling? Yeah. What's going on here? You know, and the, and the phone hangs up. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I mean, yeah, Manhunter, you can't mm-hmm. fuck with it, dude. You can't. Fuck yeah, with it. it's no, a it's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. You know, and it's got that Michael that that not Michael. there's not a lot of score Michael to the Mann. movie. Yeah, that's no, what I mean. it's a very subtle music. Yeah, it, there's not a lot of music in the film. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it ends with uh, oh man, you know, and I should have wrote it down. The ending the during the the credits, the song, uh, really really great tune by oh, I can't uh, Red Seven, same of the band. <coughs> great tune. Uh, I, I can't remember right now. I actually went and listened to that. Like I grabbed up YouTube and was like, "That's a jam, dude." Um, very Miami Vice kind of ending, I mm-hmm. think. You know, just kind of on, you know, looking out. You know, yeah, I, I win, you lose, type of thing. Right. Um, so okay. How shocking! Michael Mann had a Miami Vice ending. Yeah, there. You- <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> wow. So, I guess you know we've already kind of talked about. Red- I mean, we might as well just stomp this fire out too. Um, yeah, Red Dragon. So Red Dragon. Um, we've kind of went back and forth already on this i this movie for me my 
my friend Scott had a copy of this movie, and I used to always borrow it off of him for some reason. <laughs> I kept it for like weeks on end, and because I, I, for some reason, I, there was just I, I'll latch on to a movie like I've done. I said I've done that with Annihilation. Yeah, I watch it. I just I'll grab a movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll find one that I really is compelling, and I'll just binge the shit out of it and watch it over and over again, mm-hmm. and just try to pick up on all the cool stuff. Right? I did this with Red Dragon. Um, there's a lot to get. There's a lot of info. Together. Oh yeah, to the point where my friend from my it was right around my thirtieth birthday. And he my friend, to you. He, he, well, he, he bought me a copy. He's like, here, you can stop <laughs> borrowing mine. Here's your copy, you know. Um, Emily Watson as mm-hmm. Reba. Mm-hmm. Oh, she is phenomenal in this oh, movie. She was so good. She's so, so I mean, believable. Pl- yeah. So beautiful. Um, she played, you know, having to play a blind person, I think that's a lot easier said than done. Most of the time. And she, she really made it. it work. Yeah. Yeah. She really made it work. Um, I would say when it works, it's you know, one spectacular. Thing I, I hate to I hate to do this again too, but back in the Manhunter, I, w- I do want to point out Dennis Farina was in Manhunter also. Oh, yeah. yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, that's a real bummer on that too. He was fantastic in Manhunter. But okay, back to Red Dragon. Um, so yeah. Um, okay, so we you know I love the beginning of of Red Dragon because we do get to. Because okay, we're taking this in a kind of a different sequence. This obviously came out after. The Silence of the Lambs, and mm-hmm. after Hannibal, and after Hannibal, um, and so we the do lead hear up for the movie is honestly, when do we get to see Hannibal? Like that's what everybody yeah. was in Red Dragon, for. in Red Dragon. Well, yeah, because at that point, I mean, uh, as far as like in Hollywood, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody wanted. You know, and it's funny because I I watched well, that a, and and the viewer. I watched viewer, a make. I watched a I making think. of of Red Dragon. Some some documentary I watched years mm-hmm. ago, and they showed people when they were screening the film, like with all the high ups, and that's yeah. Hello, Clarice. Or, or no, I'm sorry. But that, no, that was Hannibal. Never mind. We'll talk about that Hello, later. Will. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I, I totally <laughs> flipped over on that. You know, it, that again, was, no. When when he for, when he first goes into the into Hannibal's office. No, I'm talking about Hannibal the movie. We got I I oh, I oh. misfired on that, but no. My what I was saying originally was the movie starts out in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. We hear about this story in Silence of the Lambs, right? About yep. the flute player. Yep, and then he served and, dinner, and, and then, then he, he served, served dinner, dinner, right? Um, and there's just see it. those beautiful, you know. And this is the the beauty, dare I say, of Hannibal Lecter, articulate. He even says he's quoting Horace. And he says, you know, here I am, fat and sleek. Yep. You know, and I love that. I love that I love idea. that line. I love the the concept of only eating free-range rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that line has stuck with me ever since I first heard it. You have this beautiful scene of these people sitting there, just the top of the top, gorging mm-hmm. themselves, you know, a, on a, a true hog on a of a true hog of epicurity. I you know, think, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this this whole beautiful thing. It's so cool, man. Go ahead. I think the one cool thing about Red Dragon is that um, the way it's filmed, it really matches up well with the other two, mm-hmm. with Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. Oh yeah, it fits right in. It has that same kind of texture to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lighting is similar, music mm-hmm. similar. Obviously, the de aging was not done as well back then. Um, as it, it would wasn't be now. Exactly easy to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but he looked good. Yeah, he looked I think good. Anthony Hopkins looked good. But yeah, I do remember going to see this one at the theater opening day, and I just again I wanted to see Hannibal, you know. Yeah. Um, but it does. It feels like a tag end. It feels like 
well, we already made this movie once, and now he's really popular, and Hannibal did really well. And we movies. really oh, it's obvious. It was opportunism. It was total yeah. opportunism. Yeah. All right, but they handled it well. They did a great job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Ed Norton. We can talk about Ed Norton. I. I. Yeah. I did. I thought he was a hair awkward. Yeah. In the role, I love Ed Norton. I love I love I, I, everything he's I've seen him. Do, I have a hard time it. believing Ed Norton as a hard ass cop. That's no. yeah. kind of I think the problem with him. Well, he wasn't and though, the, and the fact that you know but he was that, supposed to be before. Yeah, like yeah. when he caught Han when he caught Hannibal. Yeah, that's who he was. He was the hot shot cop. Yeah, yeah. But you know? if you if you look and at he that, still felt weird. But if you look at that the way that scene plays out though, um, he gets stabbed a lot. He gets, <laughs> and then he gets lucky, and a then lot. he, and then he gets lucky, very, right, a lot, and then he shoots him, a lot, a lot, he gets he, a lot. <laughs> so he really wasn't a hard ass in that scene, um, and really, okay, just to jump to the end of the film, when he's confronted by Dollarhide now, right? Oh, he, he outsmarts him. He don't. There's no brute force strength involved. No, right, he's, right. He's all psychology. He he outsmarts him. Yeah. Right. You um, disgusting, dirty little man! How could you do that? Do, I, do you want me to cut it off? <laughs> now, oh. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah you, you, you little faggot! You pissed your pants! I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, um, yeah, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes is my absolute favorite in this film, uh, playing Dollar Hyde. Well, this was an unexpected role for him at yeah. this point. At the he time. didn't. He didn't really do, and he never really he has was the English been patient. That. Yeah, right. You he know, didn't like, do brooding evil villains, yeah, you know, no, and for nice him to guys. come out with that physicality of being like literally terrorizing, terrorizing and all brawn, mm-hmm. it was different. And that was shocking at the time to yeah, see him I come out and do something out, like that. Ev- but there's all, such everybody a, in the theater, we were all such like, a cool, holy shit. You know, and we see this in Manhunter uh, with Tom Noonan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see this in Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. We have a serial killer, mm-hmm. and you know one of the things at the end. I, I love when we we hear Will Graham say it at the end of Red Dragon. He's like, "This man was not born a monster; he was made a monster mm-hmm. through years of abuse." Mm-hmm. This was a man, and you see this through the film. And this is what I how how Red Dragon was made, and how they they portrayed the story mm-hmm. was a man who was doing nothing but trying to escape. This monkey on his back. Literally, yeah. that's what they say. Yeah. He's he was doing nothing in the film but trying to find a way to escape it. But he and unfortunately, he just keeps succumbing to it, though. Right? Mm-hmm. It was not, stronger than him. It was stronger than him. Um, you know, he does some pretty extreme things to try to break this curse because now he's in love. Mm-hmm. He's in love with Reba. He finds somebody that he you know he that he trusts or he mm-hmm. tries to trust, he loves, he's attracted to, and... And who loves him. And who loves him, too. Yeah. And he wants to be be rid of this whole curse that he's under, I guess you'd call it, right? Um, be rid of the flesh. Yeah, just just that <laughs> whole idea. You know, and, and some of those scenes are just insane, running around the house. That, that whole sequence of him running around the house naked with, you know, with this fucking massive tattoo on his back that tattoo is badass oh it's wicked i want that tattoo when they when that's revealed i don't know if i'd go that far like the william goldman art is gorgeous but yeah not william goldman you know who i mean yeah when that's revealed with freddie Lowndes, philip seymour hoffman in red dragon mm-hmm. that just 
when he, that when the when the robe came off, and there was something very like sexual about that whole thing too. And oh, incredible. I didn't I didn't get that in, oh, in Manhunter, but in Red Dragon. You know, like with the whole robe and you're barely, you know, there's just a lot of very suggestive shots. Well, there what they're too. doing, though, too, is they're... And, Fr- and, and Freddie Lowndes is in nothing but his underwear, too. They're presenting some of that sexuality from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. Because and Buffalo just, Bill yeah. was kind of trying to sensualize also. Yeah. See, that's one of the things I love about this movie and dislike about this movie all at the same time was the humanization of dollar hide i think it's wonderful on one hand yeah like i think it makes him a more interesting character well you identify with him a little bit more i think i also think it made him a lot less intimidating and scary yeah um it made him more pathetic oh yeah totally and so that kind of like i want my serial killer to be a serial killer i don't want my serial killer to be human a, a namby pamby yeah kind of dumbass well i found myself laughing a bit <laughs> i found myself laughing a bit like especially with in the freddie lounge scene mm-hmm. where and i've always kind of snickered at this a little bit because you know lounge is is faced with he's gonna die mm-hmm. right um and dollar hide is questioning him he's obviously pissed right mm-hmm. and he's like you'll you, you know you're gonna report right now right Oh yeah, 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 for sure. About about me, yeah. About my work, and I'm like, what fucking work, you freaking crazy bastard? Right. You know, it's all kind of. I'm kind of giggling, but it's a crazy person. Yeah, somebody who's yeah. insane. They think it they're is. doing. They think they're doing the right thing. Um, but I, so I've kind of, you know, but yeah, along with what you're saying though, this um, this I, this patheticness, like man. You really are. You are fucking insane. You really think you have this noble thing you're doing? Hey, like he really needed help. Like yeah. I like that's that, that like that was what I left the movie thinking. Like man, if that guy got help, he could have been a great member of society. Maybe yeah, he obviously he worked. He, he <laughs> yeah. worked. He did things. He was, a, he was not a dumb person. No, he was he was smart. He, he was, was a smart person. He was a productive person. He had a good job. He you know he you know. But then he let's was go, an, go ahead. A megalomaniac. He was. What well, was Seriously. interesting for me, but like uh, as a contrast between the two movies. Like I prefer Will Will Graham and Tom Newton or Tom Noonan from uh, Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. But I prefer Crytel and oh yeah and um, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. as those two characters. Oh, that, well, you're and, talking two and, icons right there, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and what's her name? Um, Emily. Emily Watson. Watson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, as Reba. As Reba. Like those three characters, I think are much better in. Red Dragon. I think better. Just they're just better actors. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, when you get Oscar, because who played her in Red Dr- in uh, Manhunter? It was Joan. Uh, oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm up. talking about. Yeah, she was in everything in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. The the scene. Oh man, I'm in trouble. You might be. The scene. Chris, get the paddle. Mm, I'm gonna. Well, I want to <laughs> talk about Dollar Heights House in Red Dragon too, but we'll talk about that in a second. The scene. Where they're sitting on the couch. Oh, yeah. Now, we got that in Manhunter, and we get it in Red Dragon. In Manhunter, yeah. it felt mechanical and weird. Yeah, but not in Red Dragon. In Red Dragon. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> boy. There was something. Wait, are you, you are talking about the photo, her looking at the pictures and stuff, right? No, I'm talking about. Who looking at what pictures? What are you talking about? Or not her. What was she? 
doing it. I'm talking about when 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 Dollar Hyde sit on the couch and he's putting he puts the video on of his next victims. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and she's that. like guzzling down beer. Like, what her, are we watching? What are we watching? And he's like, you know, yeah, oh, well, just something for work. Oh, like a corporate thing. And she's like getting closer and closer. Yeah. And he's getting like more and more because when she kisses him that night too, like he's fucking shivering. Yeah. Like he don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's never had this before in his life. He don't know how to deal he's with scared, this. He's, he's scared, scared to death. death. Um, and little girls are evil. Yeah, and he, you know, he's he literally turns into a child, right? Yeah. And well, he was a child for most of that movie. He was. So, but then, but this whole scene plays out, where you know, then she starts getting, in, and then yeah, you know, yeah, kinda that gra- was creepy. Kind of grabs his his stuff. Yeah. And now this whole thing's playing Junk out. Grabbing happening. Yeah, yeah, and he's watching this movie like of this woman that he's gonna kill, and it, that just fucking really. It was really unique. It was really trippy, and it was he really was disturbing. He was doing his homework. Yeah, it was tension. Really yeah. It's just p- pure intensity and tension. Yeah. For oh, the entire scene. And one other person in, in Red Dragon that I liked more was uh, Frank Whaley as the coworker. Oh yeah, he was way more kind of like you know more irritating, more slimy, yeah. yeah, more slimy, oh, God, more irritating. He's but he was cool good though. Too. He was he also is. cool. Like, he you was. Know, he was trying, I think, you know, obviously, you know, he was trying to worm his way into his, her pants. But yeah, he was trying to do it by being. But he was, I th- but supportive. I think, I think he was like, you know, before he gets his head blown off, um, I think he genuinely was like being nice, like you know, I yeah, think, I think so. It's enlightened self interest. He want he wants nothing more. He wants to he wants to get it on with her too. Yeah. But I think he's trying to be nice. You yeah. know, he's trying to be a supportive person. I think it's just kind of a weird line he was running on. Yeah. Um, but Dollar Hyde's house. I was gonna say let's go let's go to Dollar Hyde's house. Oh man, totally the, different the environment. Hospital. Let's go to his house right now. No. All right. I'm totally. I'll drive. Totally different <laughs> scene. A totally different environment though. Totally different idea. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is literally like. It's the cave of a hermit. First off, mm-hmm. who's not a hermit, who goes to work every day, and I don't think people. And that's the thing. Like you hear, you get this through the film, uh, where Reba's like, you know, all the ladies at work want to know about this. He's very mysterious. Yeah, are you as strong as you know, all the ladies at work want to want to know if you're as strong as you look? Yeah, yeah, you know, and stuff like that. Yep. This guy is a very mysterious person, and no one's ever been to his house before, besides Reba. Yeah, and she's blind. She's blind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that And I, she's a whore. What I, <laughs> one of the things that I thought was interesting about the house is that it felt like a time capsule. Yeah, totally. That Oh, it is. And they yeah. talk about that too. The wheelchair. I mean, the wheelchair. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they did such a great job of and this sounds weird, of making that wheelchair fit in. You know? Where yeah. where him having that wheelchair doesn't feel weird. Him having that wheelchair in Manhunter, yeah, or his wheelchair, it didn't that he make uses, sense. Wasn't logical. No, it didn't. You know, make a I mean, they sense. make sure that you know that that mom what ran a what was it a, a hospital? Yeah, or a, a old folks home. Yeah, I mean, Chris is so bored. He's playing with the mouse. What's wrong with you, Chris? I'm just listening to you guys. <laughs> The, the the wheelchair Interject. scene. Well, we got we got to move on to silence here in a second. Yeah, the wheelchair yeah, the wheelchair on. scene, however, oh. in in Red Dragon is far better, I think, than the one. And that's definitely, one thing I, I think definitely. Mm-hmm. the way that thing comes down and then just knocks over. Oh god, it's horrible. Oh yeah, it's and horrible. the wheel's still spinning. It's horrible to look at. <laughs> it's a, it's insane, and the sound you hear too, like just yeah. that. What the hell's that? You know? Yeah. yeah so Red Dragon's so the shit. Off-putting. I love that movie. I I can watch it over and over again. It's such a cool flick. Yeah. It has its drawbacks, uh, but I think both those films are 
independently they're both fantastic yep. and now i think we should go to the lesser known of all the movies which <laughs> one that? silence of the lambs oh yeah course. yeah oh yeah that little movie that, that little, little teeny that, tiny yeah. movie yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i mean this kind of this movie literally made jodie foster she was already a big star it but it this, put her in the stratosphere this like put her in the stratosphere this is when she goes i want my own production company. yeah yeah, and this was her turning into a director yep. and doing all kinds of and creative this, projects and herself. And it was the, yeah. the glorious return of Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. From his... his you know, this movie was like a phenomenon when oh. it came out. Oh, I remember it coming because out. Because people were... Uh, this was a massive, massive hit. Oh, this yeah. was huge on home video. Oh, and yeah. this, you know, the legacy of this movie carried on for years and years and years until they decided to make Hannibal because there's mm -hmm. a long there's like seven years in there yeah there's yeah. a you know yeah. usually if they're going to make a sequel it's like oh look we got to do this we got to do it now Here's this the one yeah. they kind of waited around for let's cash in on this yeah. here's the thing with Silence of the Lambs I don't remember a film at that time in my life that was more shocking uh, oh it was so upsetting there were so many things that happened in this movie and I've said this before several times on this show over our illustrious career uh, <laughs> where I don't episodes. I remember seeing Silence 91. of the Lambs in the theater and I remember screaming my head off at a couple scenes we, oh, oh, we right. all did we all yeah. freaked out man oh, I didn't we totally freaked out <laughs> oh no we freaked out we totally just I have never screamed in a movie oh I freaked out we, we were I've like, never no, screamed no, 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 no. but the end scene in the house when it's dark. Oh, I held my oh, breath I, dude, for as long as I could hold that, my breath. That, yeah. again, I hate to keep using the term, but that is an iconic scene. Absolutely. That, oh, like, oh, rewrote yeah. the book. Because no one saw on how, that. A night vision was kind of a new thing. That yeah. rewrote the book on how you do scenes in the dark and create tension yeah. while showing your character kind of wandering around through nothingness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole movie, just a setup. Her running. Oh, yeah. You know, you're waiting. You're waiting for something to happen. Even when I watch that movie now, now. I'm like, what's going to happen? You yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it's like, like you know what's going to happen, but it leaves your mind that, in, it, as soon as it starts. Yeah. Um, we, we see Anthony Hopkins in mm -hmm. this film, and that's – I'm just still – it still blows my mind. Like, you know, you hear, because you get this buildup mm -hmm. before she can, you know, goes to meet Hannibal Lecter. So you hear about all this insane, you know, this and that. So you did expect this. him to be a wall-crawling yeah, maniac. 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 And then you get the stillest human being in the history yeah. of cinema. But, yeah. you, but and the first thing he says to her, good morning. Yeah. He Just the, the nuance good that morning. Anthony Hopkins used mm -hmm. on that just Good morning. Like a very friendly, soft, subtle ID, please. Yeah. Closer. 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 There you go. Right. <laughs> so, but he's this gentle, kind, very, very polite person, which is one of the, the it's the underbelly of what you expect. Yeah, underbelly yeah. of what the character of Hannibal Lecter is mm -hmm. is politeness. That's what he's very big into. Mm -hmm. it, it, they said that it was said in Hannibal, you know. Hannibal pre preferred to eat the rude. Yeah, the free yeah. range rude. Yep, the rude. Yeah. Yep. So, um, 
I mean, what is there not to say about this movie? It's fucking amazing. I mean, this it's it's every tough to nail single down. aspect of the movie yeah. was perfect. Like there you is know, nothing in it that I can like. If somebody wanted to remake it, this is one of those movies where I'd be like, no, no, no you don't no. go near it. Um, I you're th- never gonna do better. I really like when I first saw this movie. Like I thought, oh, this movie is gonna be about him. But it's really not about him. No. Oh, Hannibal is, is a, a background character. character. There's like this duality to this movie of Clarice is coming to her own as an agent. And she's getting all her shit from the psychotic madman that eats human beings behind yeah. a wall of glass. But he's not even really the bad guy. No. 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 He's actually almost a good guy. He's almost a good guy. Almost. And you're talking about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. He and he's not the main character. You know, no. really, it's Clarice, but Buffalo Bill but is every the great central line story. In this movie is his. Yes, everyone, tell me, do your nipples hurt? <laughs> like, oh my god, really? You oh yeah, heavy there? man. Oh well, just a detail, you know. And the, oh and yeah, the, the thing the thing that I love about uh, Hannibal Lecter, and you see this in. In Silence of the Lambs, you see this in Hannibal also. And it's one thing I, I've noticed with him is that he's this insanely uh, precise, precise, articulate mm-hmm. person. But then um, he'll throw in little little goofy lines mm-hmm. here. For example, with the senator, you know, he just fucking lays some shit on her, pisses mm-hmm. everybody off, freaks them all out. At the very end, you know, he he gives her all the information she wants at the very last second, and then. Now we're all skits style. Like, oh my god, what horrible thing is he going to say to her now to scar her for life? And at the very end, he's like, "Oh, Senator, one more thing." And we're like, "Oh God, no more!" And she's love your suit. Love this suit. <laughs> what, dude? <laughs> he would throw in. These you have cool... that voice down. Thank yeah. you. thank you. He would throw in these great That's little. You should hear... wait till you hear my Buffalo Bill. Sweet. Oh God. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Years of practice. Now, okay, let's talk about <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Uh, Ted Levine, oh. who played that character. He is such a fabulous actor. Oh, dude. He's such a great actor. He's such a great <laughs> actor. Amazing to, to I don't think this movie did him any favors, though. No, it no. typecast him. It yeah. typecast a shit yeah. out of him for about <laughs> 20 years. It typecast a hell out of him. <laughs> now, um, now, you know that, that he actually has a cleft lip and palate. And, I, you know, even in, uh, in a, he was an American gangster. He was. And, yeah. and I monk. saw... And, yeah, yeah, and I just you know make it stick. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, yeah. The Hills Have Eyes. He was great in um, uh, Fast and the Furious. Yes. Everybody forgets he's in there. I, I can't think of another. I, I also can't think of a, of a song in a movie. Goodbye, horses. That when you hear it, it just belongs to that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh it yeah. Belongs and to and it. ever since that movie, yeah, I cannot hear that song. Yeah. Like no. every time it does, all that goes to my head is, would you fuck me? I fuck you <laughs> I fuck hard. hard. It just sets the scene. A beautiful butterfly. The dancing. <laughs> we, we know, we know everything that. <laughs> put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> and we play, we put that song in at work as a joke, like on our lap. Oh, we, God. We'll just put it on out loud. And then some. the game used to be back in the day is if we put the song on, somebody had to get up and do the dance. <laughs> you know, you didn't do the full dance, but we have to get Did they the have dance. to tuck, too? Yeah, I was saying, no, we couldn't do that. We, That's we too bad. Jobs. But uh, nobody. He did that better than Jason Mewes. Yes. Oh my God! I guess the joke about that with, with him was he, he was doing it on set as a goof, and well, I guess he kept Kevin on doing Smith, the Buffalo Bill voice. Yeah, through the whole movie. And I guess Kevin Smith said, yeah. "If you keep that up, I'm going to write it into the script." And he did, <laughs> or something. And like he's that. like, and Jay Mewes was stuck doing it. Yeah, and he yeah. did it. Yeah. Oh my God, he did it. Now, 
now side note, and this is you'll actually find this very interesting, and it and it's it's a a little off, but it is directly correlating to um, Silence of the Lambs. The voice of Chris Griffin is based off of Buffalo Bill's voice. I think I heard that before, actually, that, somewhere. That Seth Green and his buddies were, <laughs> really? would constantly drive around L.A., and every time that they were get hungry, they'd stop at a burger joint, and he would order everybody's food in the Buffalo Bill voice. Oh my God. And Put the so, burger in the basket. Yeah, yeah. Put the order, <laughs> order in the basket. And um, so he's doing it everywhere. And gets this thing, and, and he looked at the character, and everybody else saw Surfer Dude, and he saw Buffalo Bill and decided to do Teenage Buffalo Bill. There's another callback to <laughs> Buffalo Bill in Scary Movie too. also. Hey, guys, oh, yeah. what do you think? Tucked or untucked? Oh! Great, great, yeah, great yeah. callback. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Jamie Gum, Buffalo Jame. Bill. Or J- is it Jame Gum? It's Jame Gum. Jame? J-A-M-E. Yeah, Jame Gum. Okay. Um, I misspelled it because I was drunk probably when I yeah. wrote these notes too. Well, that and these, the, Jamie is one of his aliases. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, yeah, you're right. So I wasn't wrong. How original. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the t- there's so many tense scenes in this movie. Um, <clears throat> may I use your telephone? Oh. The giggling. <laughs> you can use my phone. Yeah, you can use my phone. You can use my phone. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forget the girl's name. Oh, I name. drive my wife crazy with that. I forget voice, the young girl's name, the one was in the pit. Um, we should all come up with movie voices we can do and do an entire podcast that way. Well, that, I think I drive people crazy if I sat here talking like this for an <laughs> entire night. The girl in the pit, I always forget her name. Um, the senator whatever's daughter? So, yeah. Um, there's some comedy in yeah. that. Yes. Uh, when 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 Starling comes in there and I'm okay, I'm here, I'm gonna help you. Give me the Give fuck, me fuck out, out of here, here you, you bitch. fucking bitch! Give me out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna go nuts. I mean, there is a little bit. I mean, I kind of giggled a little bit. Oh when, yeah, you know, oh, it's yeah. a horrible scene. And and when she has Precious, oh, I'm gonna kill God. your fucking dog. Yeah, I'm gonna kill your fucking dog. <laughs> Come on, Precious. Don't Come here, you Don't you hurt shit. my dog. Come don't here, you hurt my dog. Don't you hurt my dog. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's one thing after another you can quote off this movie. Oh, there. Um, it's endless, and you know, just seeing the there's a couple of shots where you see the you see the actual skin suit, mm-hmm. and Starling's mm-hmm. walking around the lair like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, this is fucking terrible, man. You know, it took me a couple watches. The dancing scene, he's wearing it. He's wearing he's wearing yeah. the headpiece. He's wearing the scalp. Yeah, I didn't realize that yeah. after a couple, and, and I finally then I'm like, see, oh my then god. Then you see the the little edges yeah. around his forehead yeah, and man. the temple. You know, yeah. Um, they show him sewing. Ugh. Oh my god, it's all fucked. That movie's. Oh, you know what scene I think told you that it was going to be different than anything you had seen, especially for when it came out, was the autopsy scene. Oh, God. That was the first time that they really did realism with something like that. Yeah. That I remember from a movie. Like, they did autopsies, but everybody looked normal. Right, right. you know, like, nobody looked like they'd been in a river for two weeks. Yeah. Two months. And so the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, well, they're doing this right. Okay. Because I read the Thomas Harris books yeah, when yeah. I was like 10. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you're so fucked up. Yeah. That, this is exactly when why they I'm pulled the tarp up. off of her. Yep. There's a beautiful, and I always forget the actor who did that. He, 
they unzip oh, the body yeah. bag and he just he just goes whoa and it, like a, like a magic yeah, trick. It's, Bo- it's Bob the Goon. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, so many. I mean, that that guy is such a, a million great movies. character actor. Yeah, he but he like he ripped off the body bag like like a magic trick, like mm-hmm. I was saying, and then the look on his face is just like. Like, yeah. it's so, he played yeah. that so well. And they all were like, they put on the friggin' shit on their noses mm-hmm. and stuff. The vapor rub. The smell, you know. Yep. Um, and, you know, you know, wrongful death. Wrongful, wrongful death. death. Yep. You know. Um, but that, but the scene, and there's another subtle thing in that scene. When they pull the cocoon out of her throat, you hear <sighs> the air release out of her yeah. lungs. Yeah, yeah. That. And, you know, again, that was one of those things, too. Like, you know, I was young when I saw it. I didn't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. And then once I got it, I'm like, oh, my God. That's a really horrible detail. Yeah. My, knowing what the body can do now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Just one thing after another. This is a friggin' masterpiece of a movie. I can it watch it. It's a go-to There's a movie. reason it won all the awards. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody in that movie deserved everything they got. Hannibal Lecter murdered like an artist in that film. When he murders the two cops, mm-hmm. he, that is one of the most beautifully shot scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, well, it it is just sp- the lighting, yeah, the colors. Oh man, everything. I mean, about the murder, it. the murder scene. Yeah, but then when the cops come in there and see the and, one cop and disemboweled, he, and, he's, and, he's, and he looks like an angel. Yep. Oh, it was just. I mean, if there was ever that's actually any, a Viking thing. Is it? Yeah, they used to. Cut you open from the back and pull your lungs out. Well, it's called a, yeah, like it's called a blood eagle. Blood eagle. Blood eagle. Is that what he did to him? I thought he just disemboweled him. No, he disemboweled him and pulled. He did his the blood eagle. Out. That's what yeah. that's called. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that part. See, I, if you look, that you can see it. You see his his back ribs yeah. are pulled out. Yeah. I mean, he looked like an angel. Um, it was so majestic looking, mm-hmm. and you're looking at a man who's just been just butchered. torn apart, been butchered, man. Yeah, fucking incredible, dude. Oh, the <sighs> entire scene when they're rolling him into the cell with the mask on. Oh God! I mean, literally, iconic. that's like the first time you see the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it is. it's yeah. iconic. It's and now anytime you see that mask, it's instant yeah. recognition. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's so cool. It is. You're right, Chris. That that. that Mm. I can't. I can think of fewer fewer things that are that iconic in, in it, Hollywood it, and the film Millennium world. Falcon, Indy's whip, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know Hannibal's mask, Hannibal's mask, Fred I, Jason's mask. I don't think we know? can really right. overstate how good this movie is and still. I mean, was and still is. Oh, and it's still. That's one of the things that's so up. amazing. That it's still infinitely watchable. Oh yeah, it holds up. Oh yeah. You know, there really isn't a lot in that movie that um, it just don't look dated to me. No, it looks well, awesome. And the other thing about this movie is like where a lot of horror movies they go overboard with the shit. Like everything that happens in the Silence of the Lambs his, feels real. It it could happen. It's probably happened. Oh, it's yeah. based on actual things that have happened. You know, that's loosely, what's but yeah. loosely, but that's pretty amazing. And they can wind this amazing story in with mm-hmm. these killers that you're never going to forget about. Oh yeah, you know, and the fact that you. I don't know if I was the only one. Like, I always felt like I was when I was a kid or when it came out. I guess I was kind of a kid. Um, <laughs> you're still a kid. That you're rooting for Hannibal at the end. Yes. Totally. I'm I'm going to go have a friend. Let's go see a friend for dinner. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm having like, a friend. For he's I'm having a, a friend for dinner. That's he's right. a total anti-hero. Oh, he is. Yes. Completely. He I is. mean, I'm rooting for Starling. 
you know, and that and that was one thing I noted down here, and you said it earlier, Chris, too. Like, this is really a kind of a coming of age movie too for Starling. Oh yeah, she goes from being this rookie, r- unsure person of herself, wondering mm-hmm. if she even belongs here or not, to you watch her gradually grow her wings to the point where she goes to the director in that one scene and says, you know. Why did you? Why did you point to me? There was that whole thing where he's like, "I don't want to say this in front of the woman and stuff like that." Yeah. She's like, "He's like, well, I was just doing I that to get rid of him." I don't think good for like, shared company. You know, and, and, you know, and she's like, "That wasn't cool." And he's yeah. like, "And I, I loved how that, that was, was pretty early in the movie. Too. It was." But she said, "You know," he and he even said, "He's like point taken." Yeah, I, I loved how he was open to suggestion like that. She too. wasn't a weak character. No, at she all. wasn't. But she was still. You could tell there was just still there these was things. uncertainty at the end. She is a force. Oh yeah! Once she's she a, walks out of that house, yeah, like even though you can tell she's shook, yeah, that she's still a badass. She's a force. Like she's totally green at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and then at the end, she is. She's now caught her first serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Like how many people can say that? Yeah, before they graduate, <laughs> right? <laughs> With the two bug guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the two bug guys. <laughs> great the bug scene. Guys are great so scene. Great. Are you hitting on me? <laughs> it's so much yes. fun. Um, How about an amusing cheap wine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, he said, you know, beer, the the amusing cheap wine. Um, so this leads us, you know, and that's a great way I think we should go into Hannibal with because we should. We see you now Julianne Moore, the Epicurean. Yeah, she's. Playing. We discussed this a little bit last week, but What's that? her we last did. show. Remember oh, when yeah. I said this last was one week, of my favorite movies? Chris, one of Chris's Hannibal? movies. Hannibal. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But, but yeah, we all were. I mentioned <laughs> except this, for M- Michelle, who had never seen it. Yeah. I mentioned this force that that Starling has become. Literally, I think she she's become. Oh yeah, and then this, this movie powerful and person. Yeah, just it opens up nails with, it home. Yeah. No, we have a different act. Act. We have Julianne Moore, but mm-hmm. I think she was brilliant in this movie because very early in the film, she establishes her dominance mm-hmm. over everybody. But I thought it was cool, like Jodie Foster brought a tenderness. Yeah. To Starling. And Julianne Moore brought hardened. Well, this is ten years later. They say the story. They say it's, it's ten yeah, years it's like later. ten years later. And she has the most kills of anybody in the FBI. Yeah. So <laughs> now you have a hardened killer. Yeah. Who investigates crimes? Yes. By this point. Yeah. And so I'm glad they shifted away from the Jodie Foster softness. Yeah. Because Julianne Moore nailed that home. God, did she? Oh, and she was, you know, it's just that typical I, thing, like that beautiful woman. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's well, she has a, a tenderness to her. She has a natural beauty to her. She can carry herself in whatever movie she's in. I mean, she's done drama. She's done comedy. Yeah. I mean, Boogie Nights. But you know, yeah. I, mean, I hate saying this, though, that the, the beauty part is such it, the least important part. Of oh, it film. is. Not it this is. film. Yeah. In this film, I agree. And Hannibal... You know, it's there. Yeah. That that part's established. Yeah. We don't need to worry about that, yeah. right? But what we have is this very mechanical, robotic. She has dedicated the last 10 years of her life to the FBI. She is seasoned. She's a veteran. Mm-hmm. She's killed. She's Will done everything. Again. She's probably done more in her 10-year <laughs> career than most guys, have, guys or girls, right, I should right. say. But I'll say guys, right? Because that's kind of the idea she, It really was a movie about the boys' club. Yeah, um, she's done more in ten years than yeah. probably, a lot of people would probably have done in their whole career. Yeah, she is famous, um, but she's still faced with opposition. This is a very chauvinistic film. 
in a oh, lot of yeah. ways. Well, uh, it's anti-chauvinistic. Well, yeah, it, but she's faced with chauvinism. Ray Liotta, who was fucking oh. awesome in this movie, is a complete oh, asshole. I, I think this was yeah. actually one of his last really good roles. Yeah, great. Because yeah. he kind of doesn't do great things anymore. I know. I don't know why. I just don't know if he doesn't. Got, doesn't they don't get offered. To I hate him. him in this movie. I think because I mean, he I got hate him. Yeah, I hate in him. a great way. I I, I hate him as a as that character. I think he got you know. Off Goodfellas, he ended up doing a lot of samey stuff. He got typecast too. Yeah, this movie was not really typecast, but he was still as good as he is. He as much as you hate Ray him, Liotta. he's still Ray Liotta in this. Yeah, but he is fucking awesome, and he gets his just desserts. No pun intended. We'll get there. Are you yeah. sure? Are you sure <laughs> the pun's not intended? Yes, it's all intended. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see Hannibal Lecter. You know, and the thing, with, the thing I've always said about Hannibal, and I've had conversations about when you're comparing, at the time it was just comparing, you know, really Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm like, man, people are like, well, a lot of people. A lot of Hannibal people hate came, this they, movie. They fucking hate it. And I'm like, dude, why do you hate this How movie? How can well, you hate this movie? It's not yeah. a freaking bloodbath. painting. This movie is evolution, this is what is, it is. It's real art, We couldn't man. stay where we were God. with Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter is now... In his playground. Free. Free. Mm-hmm. Able to do the things he wants to do. Experience the arts and the music and the concerts yep. and the food and everything he wants to do. And he, It's and, different. Yeah. Like I said, it's evolution of the character. And a museum. Yeah. Let me ask you. That, that, now, this is one thing I want to ask you guys, though. I don't know this. Now, mm-hmm. this is 10 years later. Hannibal's been on the outside for 10 years. They haven't been able to find him, mm-hmm. right? I wonder if he murdered in those 10 years. I'm sure. I'm he sure did? he did. Okay. I'm sure. Like, like if you watch the movie, first of all, he's hasn't lost a step. So you yeah. don't lose a step if you haven't been if you've been being a curator for a ten years. Fucking finger thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And man, you get that Mason Verger scene. Oh, dude. When dude. Oh, when he cuts when he peels his own face off in chunks. Dude. Oh. That's entertaining. So amazing. <laughs> it was. But, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what he was singing. Oh, that's right. That's entertainment. It uh, sounded like uh, a good idea. It felt like a good idea at the time. It sounded <laughs> like a good idea at the time. Yeah, that... that like, <laughs> this movie has many more exploitation elements to it oh, than yeah. The Silence of Lambs did. They go way over the top with the violence. Yeah. But again, like but, I felt that was the only way they could go with it because we knew... And we know that Hannibal existed in that world before Silence of the Lambs. But so now when he's out and free, why do we think it's going to be less violent? Instead, it's going to evolve and change, and things are going to get kind of fucking nutty. I don't nutty. think it's more violent. You don't I think so? I don't. It's just as realistic violence as, it is. as it is. silence. And it's Hannibal killing like Hannibal would kill. Right. I mean, the the we talked about it last time, the Depotsy murder. When he... When he Kills the guy in the window. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> fact that there is literally an etching of the exact same kind of murder of the guy's ancestor presented earlier in the movie. It's ours. Yes. That he's it's it's not over the top violent. It's art imitating life. It's yeah. I mean that's a real etching. Life imitating like, that art. That really happened. So I mean it, yeah, it, it's not craziness it, it seems like something Hannibal would do this is what makes Hannibal so interesting to me though because 
we have this great between you guys right now saying, well, this is really, really violent. And I don't think this is really as you're saying it isn't mm -hmm. as violent. I don't I think it I think it frankly, I think it's kind of a weird thing between the two because, yeah, there are some serious freaking weird stuff that happens. in this Oh, movie. yeah. But I think there's a the mood of this film kind of makes that violence more subtle. Mm hmm intentionally i think where because honestly hannibal to me is a love story it is it's a love story man it's absolutely a love okay story. yeah um and you have all these and you have all the beauty of italy you have these scenic shots oh yeah you have all this notice that it's also the same city that he drew in his cell and sounds and 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 right yeah is that you know florence uh okay <laughs> so you know, you have all this beauty around you, and I think the beauty of the film, it's so cool looking. It makes you, dare I say, maybe forget about all, you know, the exploitation you're pointing out, Chris. Yeah. Um, and it, do I don't, it didn't hit me the same, and that's what I was saying before. Yeah. You're like, oh, fucking Hannibal sucked. It, was, it wasn't nearly as crazy. I'm like, dude, you don't get it. Yeah, if, if you, don't you didn't get like it, it you didn't get it. Yeah, you don't get it. Because, I mean, it is such a movie about... Love. Yeah. You know, like, it starts off with Hannibal's love of freedom and then reverts to Hannibal's love of Clarice. Yeah. And that story arc is so interesting. And it's so interesting to see Hannibal go from comfortable to Hunter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that transition in the movie is so jarring. Like, the first half of it is a masterpiece, beautiful painting, yeah. and then it becomes... Then we get the Serbians involved. No, not yeah. Serbians. Uh, is it, uh, are, yeah, Serbians. Or Croatians or whatever. I the think they're the Croatians. Croatian pig farmers. Yeah. Yeah. And holy crap, like, the, the more Mason Verger becomes part of the story, the more <laughs> violent it gets. He's yeah, and, and really, yeah, If you th and that goes back to the point. I can't think of anything more horrible mm -hmm. than what Mason Verger was calculating to do to Hannibal. To do to, do to Hannibal, slowly lower yeah. him and feed him to the pigs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but again, that those those in, those really extreme ideas mm -hmm. that's in Hannibal, it, they're there. They pulled it off mm -hmm. in spades. But I think just the beauty of the film and the way it moves and the softness and the subtleness of it softens the blow yeah. of that violence and that gore. And the the violence happens to antagonists. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like, even though Hannibal's a serial killer, he's still the protagonist. He oh, Claire, absolutely. He and Claire, Clarice are both the protagonists. Oh, yeah. And so you can excuse him. Like, he's killing DePotsy because DePotsy wants to put him in jail. He kills Mason Verger because Mason Verger's a douchebag. Yeah. And, you know. With and, way too much money. And, you know, the, the Potsy pissed me off because there's that scene with the money. They It's a similar, similar thing right there, too. He pulls the sheet off that money like they pulled the sheet off the body in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Same yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. Like just like a, like a, like a, like a magician. Look at this. You know. Um, and the guy says, he's like, okay, here's your down payment. The rest of the money comes when we when we get when we get Lecter. All you gotta do is point him out, and we'll, we'll deal with up. the rest, yep. right? 
And he's like, no, well, I want to be involved. I, you know, make sure things go all right. And he's like, look, we're going to have professionals see to that. I am a professional. Shut the fuck up and take the money, you asshole. Yeah, you know, well, it it's been free so money, easy. for God's sake. It would have been I, so easy at that point. What's but that? It would have been so easy at that point. I know, that's what I'm saying. I, and I've yelled yeah. at the film a million times about that. I'm like, dude, all you got to yeah. do, you pointed him out. All you got to do, you don't need to be involved anymore. Get the hell out of the firing zone. Oh, you he read up already, on this guy. You know he was he's already but, firmly but, in it with the, ego by having the well, guy chase him say, with the, the you, bracelet. You have to understand that he is yeah, the yeah. same as Hannibal. He's the same as Verger. He's the same as Ray Liotta's right. character. They're all obsessed with this one thing and Depazzi what is that his name right Depazzi Depazzi yeah same thing he was involved he was obsessed with catching Hannibal and the money well it was it was a story about his wife too right he wanted to provide for his wife he wanted to give her the best and she was pretty beautiful lady but Mm -hmm. you're right there was that part I didn't neglect to mention or think about Depazzi was involved with the bracelet thing he already and was Hannibal on to him. Hannibal knew it. He already was on to him. Oh, yeah. He was fucked. Yeah. At, no, like, at that point, it didn't matter. He should have got the hell out of the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take the money and run. Yeah. And Hannibal was on to him before that. Um, oh, yeah, because he knew he was being watched. He knew somebody opera, was trying to Yeah. In the movie Hannibal is like, I was thinking of you, and so I found this. Yeah. And brings the sheet music for his wife. And it's like, oh, shit. Another great scene. Well, yeah, and and that answers my question about whether Hannibal killed because he became the curator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the curator mysteriously disappeared. Disappeared. Now, and there's that great scene with the Potsy and Hannibal where he's staying at, and he's like, you know, he had the he had the bags to pick up. Yeah. Of the of the previous curator, and that's man, you talk about tension. Like, and Hannibal smoked in that. That's one thing I know. He was smoking cigarillos. Yep. Um, you know, which I never saw. Uh, and it was one thing I didn't expect to see out of Hannibal because I was like, oh, this is a very articulate person with very sensitive, his senses are really in tune. And I thought that but was interesting. He's smoking actual Turkish cigarettes. Yeah. And that's was a it? huge difference between yeah. those and the crap we so, smoke. But there's that, that scene is really cool <laughs> because you see that you see the tension really rise up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying about Hannibal. And you see Hannibal just watching him. Well, yeah, but you see this great, oh. I mentioned about Hannibal before, too, is like every once in a while he'll throw in this great little line, and there's one with the bags, and he's like, they're looking at each other, and the lighting is perfect on Hannibal's face. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like he's he looks like the serial killer, Hannibal, mm-hmm. the cannibal. And he looks can. at him, he looks at him, and he's like, okie dokie. Yeah. Let's grab, these ba- let's grab these bags. Oh, these bags are heavy as bodies. You know, it's, it's this hilarious little comic relief you had where you thought you thought for sure DePazzi was going to get greased right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought he was I thought dead. that was the end of it. I thought it was the end of him right there. And um, they knew it. They knew, the, the filmmakers knew that that's what we were thinking. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they're like, no, no, no. Let's lead you on a little bit longer. Let's draw this out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. fuck with you. So... <laughs> So yeah, th- this is a love story. Um, it's proven to be a love story at the end. Oh yeah, so, man, that blew my mind. Did Hannibal live or die? What's that? Did Hannibal live or die? Oh, he they lived. Don't, they don't answer the question at he the lived. end of the movie. He lived. I think he lived. He yeah, lived. So do I. He's still around. Yeah, he yeah. went back to Italy, killed somebody else off, and is doing their job now. Or England or France. Yeah, anywhere where he, his skills could be of use. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I think for sure he, he lived on. Actually, I'm willing to bet France since that's where he grew up. Yeah. yeah. With one hand. Yep. 
That's you know that was the ultimate sacrifice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, totally that's what I said. That. The yeah. ending, man, that blew my mind. Yeah. The way they shot that, where you see Starling start to yell, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, and then you see him on the plane. You hear the thunk. Yeah, yeah. And then Clarice. It's gonna. It's really gonna hurt. It's <laughs> really gonna hurt. Yeah. You know. Uh, this the, really will hurt. Clarice. That the brain scene too. Oh, at the oh. end. Oh yeah. As my mother told me, don't talk with your mouth full. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I the, mean, that's well, horrifying. Okay, the other brain. Oh, no, that's we know the brain. He lived. We know he lived because he's on the plane with the that's little kid. That's what I'm saying. Kid. Oh, yeah. he lived. Yeah, he was on the plane. I forgot about. You're that. talking about the brain scene, the very you know with Leota with Ray Leota. That's where. Uh, yeah. The oh, yeah. The kid scene too. The kid scene at the end was very disturbing. Oh no. You but didn't the like dinner that. scene, yeah. When you got Leota stoned out of his gourd. Yeah. Uh, Corn pone. Corn pone. Washington's you know full of coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you Kinda. got Starling stoned out of her mind now, too. Kind of knew what was coming, but you didn't. No, I knew what was coming the because cap. I knew of it from the book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the so, baseball that, cap that, on by the head. way, is why the movie took so long to come out. Yes. Is that they had to wait for Thomas Harris to write the damn thing. Yeah. Because yeah. they did the book first and then the sequel. Yep. Yeah. Which doesn't happen a lot of times now. No, he was he was insistent. He's like, you can't do this until my book comes out. Yeah, the clock. He bu- he goes out and buys all that really really high end cookware, uh, and and the <laughs> clock. I mean, he had to have all this stuff there for the meal. Yep, he had to have perfect. all this. St- it had to be perfect. Yeah, even to the clock. Yeah, had to be there for him. Um, and I love the, the my favorite line of that scene is at the very end where he's like, "All right, well we're all done. I'll go make the coffee." This mm-hmm. guy is so fucking nuts, man. Yeah, no, he's not. Yes, he is. He's crazy. Uh, he's he's insane. Nuts. He's not nuts. Why? He's a product of his environment. That's just. I don't think he's actually nuts. I think he is possibly the sanest person in every room. Well, okay, you know what? Let's let let's let's take that to Hannibal Rising thing because I know we're running kind of short on time. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, well, we started a little late, so yeah, we got ten minutes. I I only watched Hannibal Rising one time myself. Okay, I don't know how many times you guys saw it or not, but uh, I've seen really. I've oh, seen it, like, I think it. twice. I, I haven't seen this one for. I meant to watch it this weekend, but I just never had a chance. I love it. It's a it's a prequel. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Uh, the young man who plays him is so spectacular. Yeah. Oh. And, and he's a nice, you know, he's, he, this is a person with a lot of promise, mm-hmm. with a bright future in front of mm-hmm. him, a brilliant young man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm About not going to be pre- a doctor. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I, didn't, I remember all the details. It's been a while since I saw the movie. I couldn't get to it this weekend either. Uh, oh. But we see. It's the most brutal out of all of them. It really is. Holy it, shit. Like. You're right. It, it, like by far. very full on, like you know, not nearly as artistic as Hannibal. Not artistic, though. It's not pretty like Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. It's it tells the story it needs to tell, and you get the 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 I can't remember what country they were in. Um, Hungarian, Hungary. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I so. Think I think it was in Hungary. You get these these Soviet or. Yeah, no, they were Hungarian gypsy soldiers that are just trying to be as cool as the Nazis. And once the Nazi part, Nazis fall, all of a sudden they're homeless. They have no yeah. power. They have nothing. And capture him and his daughter or him and his sister. Him and little his sister. sister. Yeah. Him and his little sister. 
and proceed to torture them as they all starve. And then later on, you find out that Hannibal and them ate little sister. Yep. Yes. And what that did to them. And... Well, it's like any kind of abuse. It shapes your yeah, but that's or your worldview. But yeah. that's an extreme. Like literally, oh, yeah. as a little kid, he ate his sister. Yeah. So, is this a story we really needed, though? I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. Well, it, 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 it took humanizing him to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Where no longer is he the villain. He's not a villain. He was, he was, not, he, well, it goes right back to Red Dragon. Like I said before, you know, this guy was not born a monster. He was, cre- he was made a monster. Yep. I think that, and I think that in, in the reality of things, I think a lot of serial killers or people who are driven to do extreme things, I think they're forced into that situation. Products of their environment. Yeah, they're products of their environment. I don't think anybody is, comes out, comes out of the womb going, I'm going to kill every motherfucker on the planet. You know, no, that's impossible. Actually, actually, yeah, quite a few of them are. Who, what? Ted Bundy. Do you think... Do you fairly think, normal childhood, fair, fairly normal life. But something had to have triggered him. Porn is was his excuse. Okay, fine. But that it, it wasn't that at all. He was a complete sociopath. He yeah. Didn't, he didn't have... So something had to have... Cru- well, there was okay. something chemically a, wrong so there with was a chemi- him. It's a so birth fine. defect. Okay, fine. All, all right, fine. I, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking move on. But in the case of Hannibal, that's cool. No, you're right. You're 100 right. In the case of Hannibal, there was a series of events that shaped him to become the eventual. Mm-hmm. That's why I say he's not crazy. Is ah, that yeah. it, it's not lunacy. It's not um, anything other than this has been ingrained in his in him. Yeah. By his stepmom, by eating his little sister, that vengeance. Not to, not tolerating right, right. the rude, all of that has been handed down to him. Well, and then you mix all of that with being hyper intelligent mm-hmm. and smarter than everybody else around you. Yep, you can see where it could lead that way in a fictional very, world very quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I mean, that was what I thought was amazing about the movie is that you see that he's a monster. He's absolutely a monster, but he's not nuts. Right. He's just a guy that, for him, this is what's right. Now, in this movie, though, aren't we led to believe that he's French? No. Because no, the guy he, that plays him has a very French. heavy French accent. Yes. Which that is he the tried one thing. to hide very hard. Yeah. Um, no, he's Hungarian. Okay. The name, like, the, the, the palace in the beginning of the movie is his family's house. Okay. Um, mom and dad are murdered by the Nazis, all that kind of stuff. And so, no, he's Hungarian, but by the time he's eight, nine, he's moved to France into okay. an orphanage and then makes his way towards <laughs> where he eats all the orphans. <laughs> Nobody does kill one. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. He does kill one and then moves to in with his stepmom or his aunt. Um, and she's Asian and, and very much believes in the samurai culture. Yeah. That's where it starts to get interesting. So you get the samurai culture plus the cannibalism and hatred. Throw all that into a pot. Yeah. And you end up with 
the guy who kills the free range rude. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that, it all made and watching that, you know, it, it all made sense, you know, and yeah, you you asked a really good question, Chris. Like, did this have to be made? Uh, you know what? If it, no if it never, if it never, get, I say this all the time. I always take the middle road on this. Uh, if it didn't get made, I probably wouldn't think anything about it. However, it was made, so it's interesting to know maybe what mm-hmm. the genesis was of this of this probably the most to me one of the most prolific characters in in all of movie history. Oh yeah, honestly. Oh yeah. Uh, Le- Hannibal. They could Lecter. put out a Hannibal movie now. Yeah, and we'd all and flip. I would <laughs> flock. Uh, Hannibal Lecter is one of the most interesting. You know. Oh, fascinating. You know. I, I just how I'd love to get you on my couch, uh, you know. I mean, I'd love to talk. It's, it's <laughs> I'd something I'd really like to know who the hell really. they are, you know. I think he's too old to do it now, though, isn't he? No, no, no. I wonder what they would do with the character now. Well, they have to take, they'd have to make sure his hand's gone because he fucking lost his hand. Um, what's yeah. interesting is that we were talking about his stillness and almost robot-like in the first in Silence. Yeah. Found out. We found out why about a year and a half ago and he didn't anthony hopkins didn't know it then either it turns out he has asperger's anthony and hopkins anthony hopkins has asperger's really and that is what influences his posture and the way he moves and all that and so yeah so neat so articulate the hair yeah Everything about this character. But yeah, no, he came out saying it a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, shit. Oh, we do have one other news story, and it's a little bit more sad. Um, Alan Alda came out today. With Parkinson's. And, and saying that he that he has been suffering from Parkinson's for three years. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, a legend, for especially for those of us our age. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. who didn't grow up on MASH? Yeah. <laughs> That's a bummer. So, yeah, that one. <sighs> that one was a gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> well, way to, way to roll us out there. Yeah, you're welcome, thanks, man. You're welcome. I'm so hungry now. now. I, I totally tip my hat. <laughs> I mean, I, I Anthony Hopkins, the the, the oh. Hannibal Lecter, and, you know, and I and I I know there was, you know, I, Hannibal Lecter is Han- Anthony Hopkins to me. Oh yeah. That, that, oh yeah. That's his character. Agreed. Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. And that you know, while he wasn't, and I I think we all agree, he wasn't. Silence of the Lambs, he wasn't a main character in the film. No, he didn't need to be. You know, um, and I don't think he was really, in Hannibal, he wasn't this, he wasn't in every damn scene. No. Um, Red Dragon, same thing. Very, very subtle in Red Dragon. Yeah, it's right? all kind of done the same but way with each the weight, movie. The weight of that character and that persona. Um, again, he's the driving force. I can't overstate it. It's one of my all time. Use him at characters. bare minimum when you need him for dynamic effect. And yeah. that's kind of what everybody still does with him. With, yeah. With Anthony Hopkins in general. I mean, look at Thor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still the driving force and he's still, every time he's on screen, it's, he's the most. Yeah. That's what I was talking about earlier. I messed that up. I was watching a documentary on the making of Hannibal. Mm. And when they screened it for all the suits in a theater, I, they they were filming the screening like from the side of just like the crowd, mm-hmm. and that scene that you hear the first thing with "Hello, Clarice," uh-huh. and that whole place just ex- like "Whoa, holy shit, he's back!" Uh-huh. Yep, yep. It's Hannibal, yep. man. The minute he's you the hear dude. that when he calls her, that scene. Oh god! When he calls her yep. the, the first time in the phone. Hello, Clarice. Uh-huh. Three like, films, oh. man. Three films. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
And he's still Hannibal the fucking Lecter. Four, I'm sorry, technically four films, but three films with Anthony Hopkins. Well, technically yeah. five. Technically five, yeah. Five Hannibal movies, but three awesome. with Anthony Hopkins, and they're fucking yeah. legendary. Legendary, man. You can't touch that dude. He's he nope. just nope. the man. Awesome. All right. With that, I got to go eat some flesh. The nice Keontae. Good night, everyone. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.